when you're Kansas City, you can flip the switch. How they do it on the defensive side, I'm not quite sure. They just seem to every year go, yeah, we're awful until now. You know, hit the on button. <laughs> Welcome into another episode of The Chop Shop. I'm Trey Wingo here alongside my good buddy, Mark Schlereth. Here in the Chop Shop, we're partnering once again with our friends at Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Vans. Hey, when was the last time you seriously considered your dreams? I mean, come on, you used to think about them all the time. What happened? I say it's time that you and your dreams got back together. I mean, think about it. You could live the van life in a totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. You could tour all 423 national parks, build a mountain cabin with your dad, or even start up your own business. Really, whatever you want to dream up. And it's a Mercedes-Benz van we're talking about here, kids. So expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist and blind spot assist. Expect amazing performance and reliability with an MBUX voice command system, a five-star dealer network, and an available gas engine. It runs like, well, a dream. So what do you say? Head to the Mercedes-Benz dealership and get that Sprinter van. Tell them your dream sent you. Hey everybody, what's up? Trey Wingo here. Welcome into another edition of The Chop Shop with us, us being Trey Wingo and Mark Schlereth. And Mark, it's kind of a weird thing this year because we're in the teens in December and you think, oh, season's almost over. We're wrapping this thing up. No, with a 17-game schedule, we have four games to play. There is so much still to be decided. It's insane. I, I know. And you know what? I'm such a creature of you know old school habit. Oh, I don't like yeah. an extra game. I don't like, I mean, what's not to like? It's more football. And with all the teams at seven and six and six and seven, and like, it feels to me like three quarters of the teams in the National Football League are in the playoff chase for crying out loud. I mean, how can that be a bad thing? Yeah. It, it can't be. So, yeah, I'm with you. You know, it was like when they moved the extra point back. I was like, no, no. And then I'm like, well, actually, it, it actually makes it more interesting. That good thing I'm not making the rules is what I'm telling you. Yeah, greatest rule change ever, in my opinion. Like, that is that is gold. Okay. Right. So, let's start with the Monday night game uh, from last night, which, a game the Rams had to have, by the way. There's a million things we can dissect in that game, but let's start with the fact that Aaron Donald is still very much that dude. He started the game with a sack and ended the game with a sack. I've never seen a walk-off sack before. Have you? No. Um I mean, I say this all the time and people get, you know, flustered with me. Um, Aaron Donald is the best football player in the National Football League. And then, whoa, 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 what about quarterback? The quarterback. And I'm like, quarterbacks wear pink jerseys. Like, there's nobody yeah. else that gets to wear pink jerseys in practice. They do. They don't count on my list. Now, I understand they're more valuable from the position standpoint, having the ball in your hands. But you walk around the league and you talk to teams that have to play against the Rams and every coach says the same thing. He's one of one. Yeah. Like there's nobody in the league that can do what Aaron Donald does. The guy is an absolute freak show. And um, I mean, he's picking up 330 pound men and just, I mean, pile driving them into the quarterbacks. It's unreal. The combination of size and, and speed and quickness and athleticism is unmatched. Um, he's just, he's nothing short of amazing in my opinion. The way I always describe him in, in in sort of the same way that you did, I say Aaron Donald is better at his position by a larger margin than any other person is in the NFL over everybody else at their position. Like that's right. the way I try and just try and qualify. Yes, obviously quarterbacks are more important, but no one is better at their job by a wider margin than right. Aaron Donald is that's at a, his job in the NFL. 
That's actually a great explanation. I'm going to steal that and use it. You're welcome. Yes. There you you. go. Thank you. A couple of observations from the Monday night game. Uh, Apparently Odell Beckham has risen from the dead Uh, in all of 2020 and in the 2021 that he spent with the Cleveland Browns, three touchdown catches, three games with the Rams, three touchdown catches. And this could not come at a more opportune time for the Rams who are dealing with the loss of, of Robert Woods, greatest nickname in football, Bobby trees. And you, you saw last night for the first time, it felt like, okay, Odell is going to be able to pick up what Robert Woods was, was giving them before the injury. Yeah. Robert Woods is he's explained to me by Eric Yarber, his wide receiver coach is the most complete player. He's just, he just yeah. does everything well. But, you know, with Cooper Cup doing all the dirty work inside, underneath, and then Odell Beckham Jr. being Odell Beckham Jr. with all the skill he has and the ability to stretch the field and all that, it just feels like right now, Trey, they have a really nice balance of, hey, when we need that third down conversion or, hey, when we need that, you know, dirty work play to keep us on schedule, we'll go to Cooper Cup. We're running the ball a little bit with Sony Michelle right now. And then we have the over-the-top speed of Odell Beckham Jr. It just feels like they've got a really good balance right now offensively of different ways to attack you depending on what you're trying to do as a defense, which is that's never a bad thing. They're they're finding their rhythm at the right time in my opinion. They really are. And and you mentioned Cooper. You know, he had another 10 catches last night. He's trying to do something only three other wide receivers have done since the AFL NFL merger of 1970. And that's basically win the triple crown. Uh lead the league in receiving, receiving yards, and touchdowns. Well, he had another one last night in the touchdown, so he's got 12. He had 100, he has 110 receptions with four games to play, and he's got over 1,400 receiving yards. Like, I don't think because he's not a Megatron's type body, a Randy Moss type body, I, I don't think people are truly appreciating the season that he's having. And you can say it's easier to catch in this league, in this area. You're right and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, he's a tiny little dude out there who's putting up transcendent numbers it's insane i i will tell you the other thing that makes it even that much more insane if you're a big time big body physical receiver you know you're playing x or you're playing z you're getting a lot of one-on-one coverage based on the defense you know if you're playing cover one you're one-on-one the outside they're going to match whatever route you're running out there if you're cover three and you run a vertical route you know, a zone cover three, you run a vertical route, that's a match one-on-one. You're getting more one-on-one opportunities. When you play in the slot inside, they're constantly bracketing you. They're constantly saying, hey, man, I'm going to take inside, you take outside, or I'm going to take outside, you take inside. I'm going to funnel you to the whole defender, whatever it is. You're, you're constantly getting safeties rotating down. You're getting a bunch of, of double-team coverage in there. And his ability to understand what you're in, where the leverage is coming from, how to beat that leverage. It's, you know, he plays a game like a quarterback from the neck up. He sees what you're doing and he adjusts the route accordingly. And the quarterback sees the same thing that he sees. And they are just on such the same page. It's it's pretty amazing the way he's playing right now. And I, I tell you what, couldn't be happier. He's a, Even though he's a Washington, Eastern Washington guy and I'm an Idaho guy, that hurts a little bit. But uh, I tell you what, I'll always kind of, Stick up for the small school guys. So good for him. His numbers, I, I shorted him. He's almost at 1,500 yards. I mean, that that's the kind of numbers we're talking. We're talking potentially. Now, I get it. He's going to have an extra game. But he could break Calvin Johnson's record for most most uh, receiving yards in a single season. That, that's where he is. And this was an important win for the Rams because uh, the Cardinals have been really good against 
uh, good teams. I think they were a five and one on the season uh, against teams 500, currently 500 better. The Rams have been two and four. So that was a big win for them to beat a good team. But Mark, Maybe the best thing for Arizona is for them not to have home field advantage because they suck at home. Yeah. They're seven and zero. They're seven and zero on the road and three and three at home. So maybe the best thing is for Arizona to not have home field advantage with the way they play on the road. Yeah, I can't explain it either because uh, you know they're running the ball exceptionally well. Connor James Connor did it again last uh, last night. The one handed catch, all the things that he does, scoring touchdowns, uh, a phenomenal play. Uh, you know. I, Sometimes it's just the matchup. Sometimes it's the coaching styles, the coaching matchups, and, and the players that you have. Sean McVay is nine and one lifetime against the Arizona Cardinals. Nine yeah. and one. I mean, sometimes you just have the number based upon the scheme that you like and the scheme that you run versus their scheme and the personnel. And I guess that's all I can explain it. I mean, Sean McVay just has the number of the Arizona Cardinals. Before we move on to the Cowboys, there's one thing that bothered me last night. You know Matt Prater as well as anybody. Uh, Matt yeah. Prater has more 50-yard field goals in the history of the NFL. I mean, he does. He has more 50-yard field goals in the history of the NFL. They were down 10 points, and they got to the 37-yard line, and on a fourth and one or fourth and two, they went for it with about three minutes left. And I'm like, Cliff, you need two scores to stay in the game. You right. have the kicker, who, by the way, has kicked two 53-yarders in this game on Monday night, and they would have been good from 60. Why the hell are you not trotting him out there to kick the field goal and then give yourself a one-score game where you maybe didn't even have to use the onside kick, which worked for you, which was a remarkable. We had four onside kicks this weekend. We had four the entire previous season that were successful. I thought that was a terrible coaching lapse at his part, knowing the situation. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. You kicked the field goal there with Matt Prater. You put three on the board, hopefully. Um, and then, like you said, man, you've had, you've had a really good – now, defensively, up until that game, you've been exceptional. Now the the Rams, you know, the Rams scored and they they, they kind of had their way, but you, you can yeah. still kick it down deep and say, "Hey, man, we're gonna we're gonna bring blitz pressure. We're gonna we're gonna try to win this game on defense and and still save your timeouts, still save your opportunities down there." So yeah, I'm with you 100. It was a uh, it was a questionable decision at best. I love the Washington football team. I have no idea if they're any good. Like I say this every week, I have no idea if they're any good. God, they spill their guts every week. And I, I respect that about mm -hmm. that team. But that was a massive win for Dallas. And let me explain why. Dallas, going into that game, had five games left. Four of them were division games. And the only one that wasn't a division game is the game against the team that before last night had the best record in football, the Arizona Cardinals. So these are games they needed to win. And it was ugly. And it was a little uneven, for lack of a better term. But the Cowboys now are in primo position. They are in primo position. They're 3-0 and in the division. They're 9-4. and They've got a, a huge advantage now. If they had lost that game, the NFC East was in play. And now I feel like if they take care of business against the Giants, and it looks like the Giants are going to be you know, very banged up going into this game, that division is basically over for Dallas. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought I thought that the Philadelphia Eagles were going to have a chance to catch them at the last game of the season when they took on yep. uh, the Cowboys and they they spit the bit against the Giants, lost a game in New York that you know frankly should have won and, and won that that kind of that hurt their chances obviously. But I'm with you. Um, yeah, the the thing that the thing that's interesting about Dallas, like they lead the league in in scoring or one of the top teams in the league in scoring. Um, and when I watch them offensively, because I, I have them this week against the Giants, I, you know, I've, I've studied them. I'm like, how is this team sputtering on the offensive side of the ball? 
How are they split? Because when you just talk about pure talent, man, I mean, with Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, CeeDee Lamb is a freak show. Man, that guy's ridiculous. Michael Gallup can play. Schultz, the tight end, can play. Brown, the other receiver, can play. I mean, they they got run. Ezekiel, I know that he's not what he once was, but man, he is Pollard still has beast. been there and he's been great. He was out last night right. or Pollard. on Sunday. Yeah. So you look at them, you're like, it almost feels to me like, like when I'm goofing around with my grandson and he's only got yeah. the capability of, of, holding two balls at once, right? Like he's like playing with, he's playing catch with Popo, but he sees that third ball and he wants to figure out how to get that in his hands too. And so he's trying to pick it up and he's dropping one. Now he's got to, and then he's, you know, it's like, they got too many, they've got too many toys. It's like, how are we going to feed everybody? How are we going to keep everybody involved in this game? It's almost like they just, they've got too many, you got to almost say, Hey man, um, you're going to have to be really unselfish and just block because we're not going to throw you the ball anymore. And I, I know nobody yeah. wants to do that, but that's what it feel like. Like they just have too much talent. Uh, they they really do. And by the way, speaking of too much talent before we move on, my God, Micah Parsons, like oh. the thing that people need to understand about him is he's an occasional edge rusher and he has 12 sacks. He's an occasional middle linebacker and he's going to have a hundred plus tackles. This dude, look, I, I, I think TJ Watt probably wins defensive player of the year. But I think this guy might be the best defensive player not named Aaron Donald in football right now. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a foregone conclusion. You run, you, you'll win the defensive, the the rookie defensive player of the year. You, you yeah, probably should win the the defensive player of the year. I mean, and you're 100 percent right. I, I think if he was a full time edge rusher, that he'd lead the league in sacks every if year. If he was a full time, yeah, if he's a full time middle linebacker, he'd probably lead the league in tackles. And you're 100 percent right about all that. Um, he is all over. He can play Mike. He can play Will. He can play Sam. He can play edge rusher. I mean, this there's nothing that he can't do. And he just has, like, I know that he works hard, and I know that he prepares and studies, but there are just those guys that you marvel at that just have. He's a freak show. Right. Complete kinesthetic awareness of, of like, their, not only their own body, but what your body's trying to do. And, like, his dip and his ability to take you on and his just instinctual like his instinct for football, and I'm I'm watching a game, not last week's game against Washington, the week before, and they all blend together for me. But he's on the against edge. the Saints on Thursday yeah, night. Yeah, on the Saints. Yeah, he's on the edge, Trey, and they run some boot key play, you know. So they're gonna fake it one way, and he's squeezing, and then Taysom Hill's coming out the other way, right? And he just sticks his foot in the ground. He sees it before. He just senses it. Boom. Yeah. And Taysom Hill's like, oh, and he, and he sacks him. And I'm like, yeah. you're not supposed to be able to react that quickly. And for you to react that quickly, that's anticipatory skills. That's understanding. That's instinct. You just you just knew it was, for whatever reason, you knew it was coming. And he does it on film. It's just like every other play. It's, it's yeah. exceptional to watch. His rookie highlight reel looks like a high school highlight reel when you're being recruited to college. That, that's the best way I can describe it. That's what mm. he's doing in the NFL. It was also a very sad week this week, Mark. We lost to Marius Thomas far too young at the age of 33. And I thought everything that Denver did uh, was absolutely spot on perfect to honor a guy that meant so much to that franchise, including coming out without the X receiver on the field uh, against the Lions. It was really cool. It's tremendous, and everybody you talk to, you know, even Kyle Shanahan wore the little button on his, the 88 button, and he never coached him. And um, just the effect that he had, you know, the effect you can have on people's lives that you don't even know you're having just by treating people with kindness 
um, just by just by being involved. You know, it's it's funny. A couple of years ago, my wife was swinging in. Lisa was swinging into Starbucks. She had a Broncos shirt on. It was training camp, right? And she walks up to order her her drink, and the person behind the counter goes, "Oh my gosh, are you a Broncos fan?" And Lisa goes, "Yeah, I'm a Broncos fan. I'm a you know." The, she had no idea yeah. she was my wife. She goes, "Yeah, I'm a Broncos fan." She goes, "You're never gonna believe this." She reaches under her desk. She brings out this jersey. You'll never believe. It. Look at Demarius Thomas was just in here. Nana, she had she carries this Demarius Thomas jersey with her everywhere she goes in case she bumped into it. She goes, he was just in. Look, he signed my jersey. Isn't that the coolest thing? And my wife is like, oh, good for you. That's so awesome. She was overjoyed. And so wow. my wife leaves Starbucks and calls me. And she goes, will you do me a favor? Will you reach out to Demarius and just thank him for being kind? Because yeah. he doesn't even know the effect he had on this woman's life. Like she was doing cartwheels about meeting Demarius Thomas and, you know, it just is one of those things where I called Demaris. I go, dude, I just want to say thank you. And you don't like yeah. you didn't even know what you did. But what you did was you invested in somebody's life. And it it was really special for that person. So really, really cool, man. I just am heartbroken for Demarius and his Tom and his family um, because he is he's one of the great ones. Would have been 34, I think, on Christmas Day, just far, yeah. far too soon. All right, why don't we take our break? When we come back, we'll look ahead to what is going to be potentially a division-deciding game uh, on Thursday night. And, oh, by the way, living proof that you should listen to everything that Mark and I say. We're yes. coming back on The Chop Shop. No two dreams are the same, but there is one van equipped to handle them all. For over 120 years, Mercedes-Benz vans have been built, upfitted, and ready to go because we believe dreams should never stay that way because those who find their passion, drive their passion. So you can stop following your dreams and start driving them. Overcoming the odds, rewriting the playbook, delivering under pressure. The MVPs of small business lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa's proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their business and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa, a network giving small businesses tools to grow. Back with Mark Schlereth on the Chop Shop. As you know, every week we're brought to you by our good friends at Mercedes-Benz and the Sprinter Vans, and they help you reconnect with your dreams. And, you know, we tried to tell you, don't believe the people that said this was a nightmare season for Kansas City because the dream has been realized, and lo and behold, the Chiefs are who we thought they were. Yeah, it, 100%. And I've never seen a team over the course and I've never believed in this philosophy of hey we'll flip the switch you know yeah. I just have always like oh, you don't flip the switch and you got to be yeah well I I bow to your excellence uh when you're Kansas City you can flip the switch how they do it on the defensive side I'm not quite sure they just seem to every year go yeah we're awful until now you know hit the <laughs> on button <laughs> like I don't I don't I don't get it how you can go from the worst to the best in you know in in one or two weekends but they seem to do it every year and we told you about Patrick Mahomes we told you about this offense we told you about this offensive line we tried we tried no one yeah. wanted to listen to us and now they revamped it now it might take a little time but it was going to be really good um all the things that we told you are 100% true they are they are freaking unbelievable and the ass whooping they put on the raiders was uh 
Well, it was not only biblical, but it was beautiful because I don't like the Raiders. <laughs> I, I hate right. the Raiders worse than I hate Kansas City. Look, let me put it this way before we uh, get back to Kansas City. The Raiders find a way to fall apart every year. This year has been the most spectacular that I can ever imagine with yeah. a myriad of horrible things. But this is what the Raiders do. This is their organization. This is their MO. They do this all the time. As for Kansas City, the defense, just, just so people understand, Mark, they were dead last in almost every category for the first three or four weeks of the season. In fact, they were so bad, they were giving up historically more yards per game or more yards per play to everybody they played than the greatest offense of all time in that metric, the 2000 uh, greatest show on turf Rams. They were giving more yards per play than the greatest show on turf Rams were averaging per play in the year they had the best, okay? They've now gone four straight home games without allowing the opponent more than 10 points or under 10 points. The last time they did that, was 1960 when they were the Dallas Texans of the AFL. That's how amazing the transformation on defense has been with Steve Spagnuolo. And now it sets up a massive game Thursday night in L.A. at SoFi. If they win this one against the Chargers, this division is a wrap, bro. It's a wrap. And they're now on pace to maybe have that one thing that everybody wants, the number one seed and the potential buy. Yeah, this is going to be a great, I mean, just a great game. And you're 100% right about the the defense, how they do it. And Steve Spagnuolo, uh, it's just, it's nothing short of amazing. But they are, like like we've talked about, they're exceptionally talented. And it's just a matter of time before they quit messing around and they put things in perspective and they go out and they execute. And that's really what it came down to. I mean, whoa, Patrick Mahomes is throwing a bunch of interceptions. Yeah, most of them are dropping right off the top of receivers' hands. Into Literally, the NFL research looked that up. Of his 12 interceptions this year, six of them have been drops off receivers' hands and three of them from Tyreek alone. So there was some yeah. bad luck involved there. Just right. acknowledge that. Yeah, tips and overthrows will cost you. And um, and all those tips, all those tip balls that that literally, it wasn't like reaching out and barely off the finger. No. It was like, bam, right there. Right oh, here. There. Yeah. So it just is amazing. This could be a great matchup because the Chargers offensively, um, they've got themselves one in Herbert. That guy is incredible. Just instinctually, like I've never seen a guy as young. I mean, obviously Mahomes was this guy too, but so young and it seems to just make the game so simple for himself. Like he's just like, yeah. this is where I'm going. If it's not open, I'm going to check it down over here. And it, it it's just like he's just got, as I was talking to Joe Lombardi, the best instincts of anybody's ever coached, just like the natural instincts for what the game is. He goes, think about this, five years in a row, three years at Oregon, the last two years with the Chargers. He's had a different offensive coordinator every year. So every year he's learning something different offensively. He goes, he hasn't even had time to focus on what defenses try to do to him. He goes, think about what he's going to grow into when he's in the same offense for a couple of years in a row. And now he can start focusing on defensive, defensive structures, where guys are, what leverage. It's like, it's the kid's amazing. That throw to Guyton for the touchdown, like is the definition of arm arrogance. Like there's no way he should have been able to make that throw. And to your point about the things he's done. And again, we have to preface this because all statistics can be measured in, in, in a way that make them look favorable or unfavorable. Right. He's the first quarterback ever with at least 30 touchdown passes in his first two seasons, okay, which is great. But this is when you say, okay, Patrick Mahomes didn't play his first year. He sat 
his first year. And that's why he did, because he had 50 and 38. You know what I mean? So yeah. the, 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 the way you split the statistic, like, for example, in the Monday night game, they're making a huge deal out of Andrew Whitworth being the first 40-year-old left tackle. And that's great. It's amazing. We've had several 41-year-olds play right tackle. You know what I mean? Jackie yeah. Slater and Ray Brown, to, to name a couple of them. So those accomplishments are great. But because of the narrowness of the perspective, sometimes they feel more important than they actually are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will go back to the Guyton throw. You know, I mean, it's Logan, Ryan, Logan Ryan is out there and literally, I think for sure, like he had a track. He didn't think it was going to go that far. He didn't think yeah. there was any way you're going to get that ball because Guyton just kept running. Like normally when a quarterback gets in trouble, if you're running a deep route, they say, hey, you come back. If you're running a shallow route, they say, hey, you go deep. Guyton just said, no, I'm going to keep going deep. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and and then the arm arrogance, as I said on the telecast, I said there's only one person on the planet that's not impressed with that throw, and that's Uncle Rico. He was the only person <laughs> on the face of the planet that thought, well, I'd have thrown it over the mountains. But uh, it, incredible. And I'm telling you, Logan Ryan was like, I got it, I got it, I got it, I, got, I don't got it. I don't you know? got it. No. Right? I don't it was got brutal. it. Uh, by the way, congratulations for you on the excellent uh, observation during that game of how much tape Austin Eckler was putting on that angle. That's right. I mean, how much well tape done. are you going to use? It's well done. Thank you um, very much. All right. So Eckler's a little banged up. Uh, I don't know what the situation with uh, with uh, Keenan Allen is with COVID protocol. What what chance do you give uh, the Chargers to pull this out? Because this will be th- this will be a, a quarterback that will test that Chiefs defense and the great run they've been on. There's there's no question about it. Um, I I think that I think the Chargers have a great shot. Now remember. This is when the Kansas City Chiefs defense wasn't playing well, but they went to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs earlier this season. Um, I tell you what, I think they've got a chance to compete in this game. I worry defensively about them a little bit. Derwin James has to be back in. He's got, yeah. you know, speaking of one-on-one, he's, he's so versatile um, on that defensive back end, playing free safety, strong safety, playing nickel corner, playing dime linebacker, playing. They have a position for him. They call it the X position where he's actually yeah. a defensive end, and he lines up a yeah. defensive end. It, he's five different positions, and he's the green dot, so he's calling the defense as well. He's one of one that does that in the league. So, um, But they're going to need him healthy. He came up with a hammy on Friday's practice last week, so we didn't get to, to watch him play. So they're going to need him to be at his dead-level best. But uh, this should be a pretty interesting and intriguing matchup. Speaking of intriguing and interesting, none of those things apply to Jacksonville. And Urban Meyer continues to be an absolute uh, dumpster fire. Um, his body language was just ridiculous. He didn't even know. He was making up stuff about players that were or were not getting into the games. I saw somebody put this on Twitter. At this point, they should ask him about fake players that aren't on the roster for the Jags to see if he responds and said, oh, yeah, we're getting him some snaps. I mean, this has been his best. I thought it was going to be terrible, and it's worse than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, he's like, no, this is not a toxic environment, but if anybody says anything that leaks out of this, they're instantly fired. <laughs> I'm like, wait, isn't that the definition of toxic environment? Um, I, like, right, I, the dude is the, the dude needs to just go away. Um, it's it's an embarrassment. Um, it is a it's a horrible job coaching and um, and developing a team like you had. The whole issue with Jacksonville was you had a dysfunctional organization and you're trying to heal that, right? You're trying to change the culture of that organization and you bring, you know, just you bring that in. I mean, just you've made it you've made it that much worse. It's just it is a no win situation. They probably need to clean house once again. Shad Khan said he's going to be patient. I'm like, okay, 
you can be patient, but don't be stupid. Like we all know how this ends. So let's just right. let's just rip the bandaid off at this point. It was a terrible hire and it's going to be an easy decision to fire when the season is over. And if they don't, then I don't know what Jacksonville's thinking. All right, buddy, we got to we got to run. I got to land this plane, I'm told by my 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 fine producer Scott Turkin. So, uh, I love you and I'll talk to you next week, okay? Love you too, buddy. Be good.